Lord, we thank you for this time. Would you move me so your people can be able to hear from you clearly? We not only want to hear your word, we want to be able to apply it. Lead us in that way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are at the dentist's office, and it is time to get your teeth worked on. You're sitting out in the vestibule. You're in the waiting area. And before I start preaching, kids need to go. (laughs) Matt, kids, you are dismissed. Let me pray for them. Lord, would you be with our little people (laughs) as they are heading out to learn about you, work with our teachers and all those that are serving. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. I even wrote in my notes, don't forget to dismiss the kids. Yep, pastor on it. Amen. And y'all, I'm just saying, it, it, it's a joy for the kids to go out and, and, and hear God's word, learn. But it's also a joy for them to see leaders celebrated. Like this is the environment where you get shaped hear me here and I know we all have different ways in which we're wired some of y'all like talking some of you don't but but it's in church where where you start to like create and help young kids learn it's okay to speak in front of people because you got a church full of people that love you baby and you ain't got to be scared so that by the time they become an adult even if it's in a world that doesn't like them they know wait I know what it's like to speak in front of people because I've been nurtured in a loving environment so we do things like celebrate our leaders because we want to train young people that if nowhere else in this world you're going to be celebrated here amen 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 all right so you at the dentist and now they call up your name and you start walking through the hallway and as you walk through the hallway you look to the right at one of the rooms and uh um zaya you with me you look to the right of one of the rooms and you see this You, you, you take a few more steps and you see another room and, and a dental room and you see this. Now, now, nobody said a word. Ain't nobody spoken nothing. But if, if you saw that and somebody said they was about to work on your teeth. Okay, okay, pause, let's just pause. Pause that. Okay, so you're going to get a little surgery done. You got a little quick in and out patient surgery that's about to happen and the nurse tells you hey um the doctor would like to say something to you the surgeon wants to talk to you right before the procedure surgeon comes out and 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 his nails is black and and on his scrubs he got he got what he got on the scrubs isaiah all this stuff on okay okay last one last one you out to dinner you about to get your grub on. You're like, okay, I heard about this restaurant. It's supposed to be real good. I'm ready to eat. My stomach is going. And then uh, you, you, you ask about something on the menu, and the waitress says, don't worry about it. I'll get the chef to come out and explain it to you. Chef comes out looking like. You see, sometimes. A, 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 a person don't have to say anything, but, but, but their presentation, their conduct, how they live their lives or work in their jobs or prepare an environment for you speaks really loudly. It's, it can speak even louder than their words at times. 
Church family, we have been going through a series this year, a focus this year, a theme this year, where we are trying to lift the name of Jesus and see people come to him. That is called evangelism. It's where you share the beauty of who Jesus is so that people will say, I want that Jesus, not because you perfect, but because he perfect, not because you got it all together, but because he can handle all that I bring to him. And we are trying to grow as a people in what it means to share, to share the love of God with people so that they will want to experience Jesus. But one of the key ways in which your life can speak volumes about your Jesus is through neighboring. Neighboring. Neighboring can be this tool that opens or closes the door. It can be what people see before they hear about your Jesus. Neighboring and how you interact with people close to you can pave the way for the gospel. So we today are going to dive in a little bit because we've got to talk about what it means to be a neighbor and how to live as God would intend for us to live as neighbors. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 10? Because if we're going to talk about neighboring, then we got to define it a little bit first. Luke chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 25. Luke chapter 10 Verse 25, when somebody gets there, shout out a page for us. 1479, 1479, amen. In the Pew Bible, you might have your I Bible and do your thing. That's cool too. Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. I want to contend that that oftentimes, like like you look at this and you you don't see yourself in the space of being the one that challenged Jesus, but I want to contend that oftentimes we write like this dude. Oftentimes we'll ask a question because we don't really want to do what we know we're supposed to do, but it's easier to ask a question. I remember once my mom was like, uh, go clean your room. Like, cool, go clean my room, but really I want to play video games. And then she, she kind of busted me. Boy, you ain't clean your room. Well, well, what does it really mean to clean one's room, mama? You know, you start coming up with little, little, little smooth, silly, stupid stuff. I did put my shoe away technically, so that is cleaning the room if you want to get technical with it. But, but, but you knew the heart, right? You, you, you know when you're trying to ask questions to get out of what you're supposed to really be doing. And here this man does the same thing as, 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 as he's interacting with what it means to love and care for and engage with a neighbor. Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Point number one about neighboring. 
Neighboring is not an idea, it is an action. Love is not an idea, it is an action. And so when he's calling this, this, this man to, to, to understand the concept of love, it is not in theory. It is not just so he understands a sentence. It is so that he understands you're supposed to be acting, doing something. Continue with me in verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you have. Y'all, I got to stop because there's a word here that we gloss over because we're not in that context. You, you could have established this as um, uh, 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 a black panther was on the road and he saw a KKK member lying in the ground. Or a black panther was lying on the ground and a member of the, like, these two groups are so far apart. The reason why he says Samaritan is because it would have put a negative, a foul, a stench in the room. The taste in his mouth would have been like a Samaritan helps somebody else. That dog. And Jesus is using whoever he thinks of as the least of these as the hero in the story. Verse 36, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in, in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him to go and do likewise. See, neighboring is an action. It's, it's, it's love that's on display but not only is it love, it is love actually going out and doing. It's being. We cannot be good neighbors in and of our own places to ourselves. I, 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 this happens sometime in my place. Maybe it doesn't happen in your house where you come in the house and the house smells good. It smells, it smells amazing. You, you hungry, you walking in the door, somebody got some food, they cooking it, you like, it's about to go down, and then you realize they warming up their leftovers. You got your nerve to warm up your food from last night. You know they ain't going to feed me too. See, 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 neighboring must be an experience that is shared. It is not an idea for you and you alone. Neighboring is something that we do as a body, as we do with others. It is an action. 
But there's some aspects of neighboring that we, we got to get right and that challenge us because, because it helps us to flourish and look like and reflect like Jesus. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus 23. In Exodus 23, God is speaking to his people. We're going to go to verse 9. He's speaking to his people and he's giving them some parameters for how to live because they are chosen and they reflect his glory. So they got to live different. In Exodus 23, he tells them the truth. He says, don't don't be helping guilty folks. He says, return people's goods to them. He says, "Uh, help those who hate you. And then in verse 9 of chapter 23, what page is that, somebody? 110? Amen, 110. Exodus 23, verse 9 says, do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. Do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. Why is this there? It's there because we can fool ourselves into thinking that we are super godly. And what God wants to remind us is is you were there at some point. Whatever it is of them. New person on the block. That, that does something silly. They start parking in Miss So-and-So's spot. They don't know it's Miss So-and-So's spot. But how we act when somebody park in Miss So-and-So's spot? Ooh-wee, they know better. She's been here for 90 years, and they want to park in her spot. Who they think they... I, I, I remember this happened to me. And and it's something that I encourage people in. We have a a mixed congregation, a beautiful congregation. We've got black, we've got white, we've got Asian, we have Indian, we have mixed congregation. So in in my neighborhood in Parker, uh, where we used to live, uh, you could stand at my backyard and I could look down all of the backyards, almost to the end of the street. Because there was no no fences, there were beautiful trees, whole nine. A new couple moved in. A white couple moved in. They renovated this house. They made it look beautiful, amazing. Uh, and they put up a fence. Oh, they don't want to talk to us? That's, that's what we're doing? Okay. Now they disturb. We don't just, we shout out, hey, what y'all doing over there? Hey, like we talk through backyards and yell at each other and Tony's dog get out. We run and everybody get the dog. Like we just did stuff. Oh, you don't want to have, see, but, 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 but I'm now making assumptions of them. I'm now judging them, remembering when I moved in, I messed up all types of people's stuff. All types of stuff. Parking in spots I ain't supposed to be in. Me outside loud when the older people trying to sleep. Like, just, just, just stuff. You were there. Help. Love, care for other people. By the way, black or white, when you move into a location, check the landscape. It's okay. You might want to put up a fence. Just check the landscape, talk and engage with your neighbors before doing so. Because sometimes barriers communicate unintended things. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
But we don't want to see people feel oppressed. And, and oppression is defined as a response, or uh, excuse me, where's my, my good one? Uh, unjust treatment or a control. Unjust treatment or control. Uh, 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 see, see, we like to believe that oppression is experienced when, when we run in things. When, we, when, when you're the boss of something or, or when you are uh, uh, taking away somebody's rights. But I would contend that you can create oppression quite easily. Let me ask you a question. Do you remember when a group of people laughed at you and it hurt? I was with my mom in Cleveland and my, and my siblings, and we was talking for a little bit, and, and I'm, on the, I'm on the rather dark-skinned side of things because uh, you can't see right now, I know. I know you get me confused with the light-skinned people, but I'm, I'm, I'm not with them. Um, so so I, 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 we were having these little conversations with the family, and, and we were talking about, I, I said something about like how people uh, was, had, had made fun of me because I was dark-skinned when I was young. And, uh, and my mom shared a story. And the story she remembered was back to her childhood, moving from Pittsburgh to Cleveland, and the laughs that people had towards her. How long does that laugh stay with us? Because it pains us. See, that's oppression. Oppression isn't just, you know, when you don't make as much. Yes, systematic oppression happens. And it's not just when you don't get certain rights for being black or, or for being a woman. Yes, so those things happen. But oppression can come when people unjustly treat you in a manner beneath the way they should. And you don't want to be that type of neighbor. You don't want to be the neighbor laughing at folks on the block. You don't want to be the neighbor that is making people feel oppressed by your words. No, no, no. We are being who God calls us to be, a people who allow our words to speak life, to encourage, to uplift. If we're going to be known for anything, it's not causing oppression. It's speaking out against it. She don't know no better, y'all. Just give her some grace. I I know she messed up. I'll have a conversation with her, y'all. Don't worry. I'll try. See, we get to be an influence in our neighborhood, in our community, on our blocks, that looks a little different. Continue with me in Leviticus chapter 24. Leviticus chapter 24. We're going to start at verse 17. Y'all like, Pastor, you got me flipping and flipping today. Uh Uh-huh. The beauty is because neighboring you find all throughout the Bible and it has the opportunity to make a way for you to share the gospel with people. How much more excited would someone be about hearing about your God when they see the way you treat them and others on your block, in your classroom? Leviticus chapter 24, verse 17. Somebody shout that number out. 176. Starting in verse 17. Whoever takes a human life shall surely be put to death. Whoever takes an animal's life shall make it good. Life for life. If anyone injures his neighbor 
as he has done, it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Whatever injury he has given a person shall be given to him. Whoever kills an animal shall make it good. Whoever kills a person shall be put to death. You shall have the same rule for the sojourner and for the native, for I am the Lord your God. See, sometimes we, we like to make separate rules for our people and then those people. Like we, we, gonna, we okay with making sure we do right by us, but if you're not in this immediate circle, well, no. And God says, no, you're going to treat your family and the sojourner the same. But, but don't get caught up in, the, in seeing death sprinkled here. Get, get caught up primarily in, in what happens in verse 21. Whoever kills an animal shall make it good. Whoever kills a person shall be put to death. You shall have the same rule for the sojourner and for the native, for I am the Lord your God. He's trying to encourage us in how we treat people saying do right by them and do right by their stuff. Don't take your grass clippings and throw them in the empty lot next door when you know that your neighbor planned to buy that lot. Let's take it, let's take it a little bit further because your pastor's guilty of this. Uh, to all those that have suffered from this from pastor, I'm sorry, man, I apologize, dog. Um, but, but, but there's been times where I, I borrow a tool. I borrowed a tool, got it at the crib, I'm about to use the tool, I forget, and then I got the tool for six months. <laughs> you calling me like, Pastor, you see my tool? I think I gave it to you, but I, see, you, you, good neighboring is honoring and respecting people's stuff. It's caring for their stuff in the way you want your stuff cared for. I'm telling you my blemishes so you don't mess up in your neighboring. I've had to repair a lot. I've gotten people gift cards. Hey, man, look, here it go after a year, but here go a $25 Home Depot gift just to say sorry, bro. Like, I'm trying to save you some money. But neighboring well opens the door for talking to people about Christ. When we care for people, when we love them well, when we even show dignity through how we treat and care for their stuff, it matters. It matters. And I always feel super guilty, right? Maybe it's only me, but, but when you borrow somebody's car or you borrow somebody's bike, ain't that the one time in the whole year where the car break down or the bike catch a flat? Come on now. I know I ain't alone. You be feeling all kind of bad, but do right by him. Get it fixed because it was on your watch. Take care of it because it was on your watch. Neighbor well so that people might see the Christ in you. So you might see the Christ in you. Continue with me. You stay in Leviticus. Look at 19. Saying, watch, watch our mouths. Watch the way we talking. Leviticus 19, starting at verse 16. What page is that, y'all? 167. Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Starting, we're, sorry, that was Leviticus 19, starting at verse 16. 
Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that, come on, hold on, let me just, spreading slander. Like, like, ain't it easy to get caught up in talking about people? Okay, it's just me, it's just me. Leon, ain't it easy? Because I know it's easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's, it's easy both ways, right? Like, 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 okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a little over the top. My kids know it. But like, like my daughter jumped in the car yesterday. She just got her hair busted. I'm like, oh, look at your hair, girl. Your hair looks so good. Like, I'm like, like I'm going crazy, right? That's what I do. And, and, and when I see that same, that same joy in other people, I attach to it. When we start celebrating, we make up, we don't even, we just say stuff like, oh, I see you. I see you. But what does that really mean? That means a whole lot, but we can say it in a very little small phrase. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's contagious when you see. I, I have my kids will be embarrassed because I'll be riding down the street and it's prom time, and I'm like, oh, y'all looking good. Do you know them dad? No. No, I have no idea who they are. But they but they killing it today in the gas station. Boy, you wearing that outfit. Like, like, like it can be contagious. It can be contagious. But which 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 part of your tongue are you gonna allow to be contagious? Because we can always also dog people quite easily. She's so stupid. Oh, I know, right? Let me tell you what she did. You think you got an example. Let me tell you how stupid she really is. You, you, you know it's easy to get caught. And, and why? 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 Because it's not unique to us. Even God's people, he has to put real clear, do not go about slandering among your people. If you're going to get easily caught up, get easily caught up and celebrate. If you're going to get easily caught up, get easily caught up in encouraging and building dignity in folks. But, 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 uh, but, but these next verses are because neighboring isn't just easy. Continue with in that Le- Leviticus 19, he says, do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor, frankly, so you will not share in their guilt. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So let me make sure that I get the proper context. So, so God's people were to live different. God's people had to treat each other a certain way first. So this is, this is Christian to Christian, if you will. This is church among church. This is how you ought to treat each other. But also, we are to be a light unto the nations. So as we treat each other this way, we are to also go out and treat the world this way. And if you live in the world, if you live with church people, sometimes they will do you wrong. Sometimes neighboring hurts. I got got a lot of examples. I'll give you one because me and the brother reconciled. And if he walked in here today, I give him a big hug and he knows he's loved. But he said to me, Pastor, I'm trying to make some money to to, to cut some lawns. Like, like, can I borrow your lawnmower? Y'all seen that lawnmower? We talked about it. 
Well, what does it say here? Uh, um, Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. See, that's a you thing. That's a me thing. How we neighbor and build grudges and let them let them stay there and rest there and just and just. And and do you know when you got that grudge, what's that person doing? Going on about life. Ain't thinking twice about your madness and all this huffing and puffing you doing. What 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 we talking about? What I did? What they moving on. But 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 you can still verse 17 rebuke them frankly be honest with people neighboring doesn't mean it's going to be always easy it doesn't mean that relationships are always smooth what it does mean is talk it out get it off your chest let's have this talk conversation it may mean you can't borrow my lawnmower no more but it will mean when i see you i ain't gonna be like "Mm." cross so i can speed up a little bit It does mean I won't have this in my heart that is festering. It means that I will go unto the Lord, deal with this anger, speak to you frankly. Frankly means clear. It means in a way that you can understand and grasp. It does not mean that I get to tell you off. Because God still calls me to deal with my heart. And if my heart is right, I will love you even through what I'm saying, even if it's clear and direct. See, neighboring can make a way, can pave the way, can open the door for evangelism. We ain't ain't fooled into thinking that it's going to be all easy and all smooth, but that's a part of of the process where God uses neighboring to work on us. We sometimes think neighboring is just about them. (laughs) There ain't a part of this Bible that's about them first, us last. God always wants to work and consecrate you and see you sanctified to look more like him as you go, as we go into the world. I'm going to wrap up with these last two points. Proverbs 14. Give us a little wisdom words. Proverbs chapter 14. No, you didn't have people have all types of stuff. Change their car in front of your in front of your house, motor oil everywhere. You try to keep your yard clean. Two in the morning, you finally get to sleep after the baby acting up, and then they start bumping music like the party's starting at two. I know it's stretching. I know neighboring isn't always easy. I know that there are times where there are misunderstandings, but it is an opportunity for God to grow us, and in growing us, open the door to us talking about Jesus with others. Proverbs 14, starting at verse 20. The poor are shunned. Oh, sorry, y'all, what page is that? 9.22. The poor are shunned even by their neighbors, but the rich have many friends. It is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but... Blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. Friendship is one of those, or, 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 or showing preference is one of those things that, that shows the sin within our hearts. Like, like, like you can be an adult and start connecting with people and start assessing like, okay, what does this person offer me? 
What, what can I get from them that's going to benefit me? And then I'll determine if this relationship is worth investing in. What can you do for me? That's wrong. And, and, and I don't know when we shifted to that in our adulthood. When you were a child, when you were a kid, how did you get your friends? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, school, on your block, on your sports team, in your church choir. See, it, it happened from proximity. You weren't eight years old like, you know what? You look like your mama got a lot of money. And every time we go out, she probably going to buy me a cheeseburger too. You know what? You could be my friend. You know, like you weren't assessing people on their money, their value, how fast. You were just like, oh, you stay across the street? Let's go. Like pro- proximity defined the opportunity for relationship. But somehow when we start getting a little bit older, we're like, you know what? Well, I'm, 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 a, I'm a dentist and you're a dentist. So we should, we should link up. Or I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. And somehow like titles and roles and money and influence, all, and God is saying, don't, don't, you, don't you let that be your filter. Whether rich, whether poor, whether tall, whether short, whatever. You neighbor with people because of the beauty of who God made them, not what they can offer you. If you're basing it on what they can offer you, you already messed up. Because guess what? You can't offer nobody nothing without my power. So who do you think you are that you can assess who they are when you don't have nothing to give without my grace? And so we look at people and we see them as beautifully created in the image of God and we neighbor because God created them. And there's beauty in that. And that don't mean every relationship is the same. That don't mean some won't stretch you a little bit more than others. But it does mean everybody gets a chance to experience the God that's working in you. Lastly, family, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to start in verse 31. She's so cute. (laughs) Matthew chapter 25. My, My prayer is that you will, you will, share with people the beauty of who God is, but part of our posture of neighboring and loving people will open up that door, will provide an opportunity. And make make sure you hear me clearly. Your capacity is what God gives you. I'm not saying you need to be the block club captain and have 70 people over your house in order to be a good neighbor. Some of y'all, that's y'all wheelhouse. Y'all love hosting big events, and you would love, some of you just want to zero in on one neighbor and try to love them well. And that's dope, whichever you do. But remember, neighboring is a shared experience. So share this beauty of who Christ is with someone. But we don't neighbor just because we want to love people. Listen here, starting at verse 31, what page is that? 1415, Matthew chapter 25. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. 
all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did you see, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes. You did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You did not look after me. They will answer, Lord, when did we oh, see you hungry, thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or in sick or in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. You didn't do it for me. Why do we neighbor? We don't neighbor to get accolades. You're not trying to be best neighbor on the block. You're not trying to, you know, do, do handouts and take a, take a video of yourself as you, here, here's some clothes for you needy people. Like, like we're, not, we're not trying to puff up our attitudes. We're not trying to build ourselves up. We're not even trying to bring tension to ourselves. We're saying, wait, 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 God, you matter. God, you are holy. God, you are amazing. And when I serve somebody else, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm a good neighbor because I want to serve you. I want to worship you. I want people to experience you. And I want you to receive the glory that is due you. You have recreated me, made me into a new person. And for some reason, you've given me a resource. Your resource might be a meal. Because I don't care how much money you got. You can be a good neighbor, and it has nothing to do with money. You might write a letter to somebody. Girl, I saw you with all four of them kids, and I just want you to know you did great today. Slide under their door. Bro, I saw you trying to fix your family's car to be able to save some money. Keep persevering. Now, maybe you go buy some clothes. Maybe you cook a meal. Maybe you go visit in prison. Maybe you go to the hospital because you heard somebody was hurt. There's a bunch of different things you can do. I love that, that it's not just one thing. It shows that neighboring, loving people, caring for people, being in mess is messy. But there's a lot of ways we can respond, and God wants to use you. Why? Because he's created you to bring him glory. And when you're bringing him glory, the world will be impacted. When you're worshiping him through your service, your neighbors will feel it. And so our prayer is that you would allow 
God to use you neighboring with people to open the door to talking to them and sharing with them about who Jesus is. Our lives don't have to be perfect, but we can point towards a perfect God through how we neighbor. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, because whether you're in an apartment, whether you're in a townhouse, whether you're in a house, whether you're in a duplex, whatever you're in, Father, you give us a community. You give us people around us. You give us neighbors. Help us, Lord, to reflect you throughout this neighborhood. I remember years ago when we were founding the church, one of our leaders said, man, I, wanna, I want folks to walk in the, into the church body and be surprised at how many folks have touched them. That they say, wait a minute, Dave over here and, and Gina over here and, and Ruth over here and, and Tamara over here and Bob and da 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 and like all these people, y'all all are part of the same church. That they all experience, that they experience love along the way. God, may our neighboring be something that we use, that, that first is dependent upon you, brings you worship, and opens the door to people hearing about you. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church family, thank you for, for celebrating the Lord. Uh, before your knees is one of these cups. This is a communion cup. We uh, take communion because it reminds us of the beauty of who Jesus is. And it gives us an opportunity to commune with him, to connect with him, to delight in him. This communion cup is two parts. It's the body of Jesus, which represents uh, his, him dying for our sins. If you are here and you're like, look, I heard all that. I have, I have yet to accept Jesus into my heart, then we want to make it clear that God loves you. He created you in his image, and he wants you to live for him. He wants you to live for him so much that what he said is you got, you got a, a, a chain that's on you, weighing you down. That chain is called sin. And the thing he does is he goes to the cross. He dies so that that weight of sin can be removed off of your shoulders and you can walk in freedom and in victory. He says, I love you that much that I'll take that sin away from you if you believe in me. If you believe that I've done it. The main part of of walking as, as a Christian is to be a believer. We use that term believer. And that simply means I believe that Jesus died for me and now I want to live for him. If that's where you are today, then repeat this prayer after me. God, you are good. I want to live for you. I sin. But you love me anyway. You died to restore me back to you. So let me live free from sin, submitting to the leading of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
If, if today is your first time praying that prayer, we want you to do two things. One, we want you to come on up after service and meet me or go to the back and see Pastor K. The only two dudes that's sitting here with curtains on. Um, you, if you're new to church, you're like, what are they wearing? You know, we'll, we'll explain that to you. But we would love to walk with you and see you encouraged in Jesus. You also can take communion today. Communion is, a, is an act that we do to remind us that Jesus died for our sins and we get to delight in him.